Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Holy Ship podcast. We are so excited that you're tuning in for another episode. Today, we have guests Paris and Alana, who are friends with a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. On their podcast, they discuss several topics typically left in the shadows, and they do their best to shine God's light and love onto them. So without further ado, Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're pretty stoked to be here. <laughs> yeah. We're so we, happy to have you. We just always, it's so fun collaborating with fellow ministries. Like, this is probably one of our highlights of this, mm-hmm. hey, Lana? Like, oh, this yeah, is very fun. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll start and I'll say who I am. So I'm Alana. Um, I am the one half of the Kingdom Sexuality team. Um, I live in Canada, in British Columbia, um, I'm married, I have two kiddos, and and I'll also just jump into kind of how Paris and I knew each other and that kind of side of it before Paris intros mm-hmm. herself. So um, back when we were just like kids, Paris and I went to the same church in Northern Alberta and just kind of grew to know each other through that and different friends. We had like mutual friends and stuff. We weren't ever like really close. We just kind of knew each other and whatnot, hung out. Um, Then fast forward, I moved away. She stayed there. She got married. I got married. Um, I always like, we followed each other on social media and stuff. And then fast forward to 2020 or a little bit before then. And, um, the topic of intimacy and marriage and stuff was just like so on my heart. And I was just like been praying and praying and like trying to like find direction. And Paris kept coming to my mind, but I was like, that is so random. Like why on earth? Like would I message this girl and be Where? like, why? <laughs> right. It was like, it seems too random. So I was like, nah, like I'll just like leave that yeah. anyways. Um, and then, so it's 2020 now. And then I get a message from Paris. And she's like, hey, like this stuff, we, because I had commented, she had something about intimacy on her personal account and has like message. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. So it's, she messages me and she's like, hey, you kind of have all my heart regarding this. Like, do you want to try and like do something with our accounts? And then so we ended up like just making our own thing. And now here we are. We have <laughs> this. So we're two years into it now. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny part (laughs) of it all is we never envisioned this becoming a ministry or a podcast. Like we were like, let's just talk about it. Like maybe we'll collab on each other's pages. And it just went, God's like, no, (laughs) no, actually you're going to make this. And we're like, okay. (laughs) Oh, that is so incredible. That's how how, how it all transpired. It was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, little intro on me then is um I'm obviously Paris and yeah Alana and I met up here I'm in very northern Alberta currently um my husband and I farm and homestead and I'm a birth keeper as well on top of our ministry so we've got things going for us and we have two little girls and we homeschool as well and 
and that's life for us. And it's, it's full and it's beautiful and it's intentional and we love it. And I mean, honestly, uh, ministry really merges into both Alana's and I's life really, really well. It's just, it's such a God thing for us, mm-hmm. you know, an outpouring of where he can use us and it's just beautiful. And, and our families are very much involved as well, which is really, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That I like awesome. hope that our platform gets like be yours, like in a couple of years. I love, I feel like you guys are just like role models <laughs> for us to like look up to and like oh, actually like pursue this. So, so this funny, is- Lydia. It's like, we've kind of started like they did. Yeah. So we did meet in real life, yeah. but we were just, well, we were just like, let's just talk about stuff. And then yeah. the podcast just came yeah. out of nowhere, but so happy it did. Right. <laughs> God Amazing. had bigger plans. Yeah. That's yeah, so cool. Always. Yeah. And we were 2020 friends. That's when it started. Mm-hmm. Long distance. Really? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Anyways. Um, so what was the transition like for you both going into marriage? Sorry. I know we just like jumped straight into it. (laughs) No, So, uh, very brief backstory, I think will give you the best context into my transition. (laughs) So I was 18 and I got married. I was so young. I was just like literally a baby. Um, but I am a super all in kind of woman, super independent, super like hyper-focused on things. And when I met Neil, when I was eight, we really became really close with their family. We grew up together, 14 years old. I was like, mom, I'm going to marry that man. And she's like, you're freaking 14. I'm like, I'm going to marry him. And that was it. Like, (laughs) she's like, okay, I see you soon. And so throughout this, we both came from uh, believing families. My family is very intentional, uh, with really helping me curate kind of myself and just like growing into my own sexuality, you know, as we're all like, my family is first generation believers. So we're like learning all these things and mom and dad were like, okay, like this book is supposed to be really good. They hosted amazing Bible studies for us, but so much of it had undertones of the purity culture, <laughs> which then, you know, you don't, that didn't even crossed my mind. Like I didn't even question some of those things because it was so hardcore preached that, you know, you're just like supposed to put up all the stops and there's such a, such a priority on making boundaries. And there's so much more to it than that. You know, like we get asked all the time on our account. Oh, so what are the boundaries for this? And we're like, screw boundaries, like just screw with them. We want your heart to be for the Lord. How are you going to do that? And, you know, like Mm -hmm. we'll flip things because Everyone wants a yes or no question. None of it is yes or no, except that which is in the Bible. And there's a lot of leeway from there. It's like, okay, but really, where is your heart for serving the Lord? Are you being pure and honorable and respectful for him and for our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So that didn't really hit me until closer to marriage. We got married and Neil and I were each virgins. We were each completely sexually naive to the extreme. I kid you not. I don't think there's anywhere else, anyone else in this world that could have been more innocent. (laughs) Just like did not know a thing. Okay. Like it was a catastrophe. And I was like, wow, this was a very rude awakening. Like both of us totally unimpressed. And that just kind of made for a very interesting transition for us. Like we had to get to know each other as a married couple now. 
but then ourselves sexually and then each other sexually. And I will be so honest with you guys that probably took us a good four to five years to really get into a momentum and a deep, intimate knowing where we're like, okay, okay, this is all starting to come together because we had a lot of unraveling to do and a lot of unlearning to do. Um, And there's so many hurts, you know, that you'll harbor within those early years because you just don't know. You just don't know so much and you're angry at the church and you're angry at these people that almost spoken to your marriage saying like, yeah, sex is going to suck, you know, and it's like all these outside opinions and you're just trying to filter through all of it. And so that was very much my transition. It was not a pretty one. It was very much a lot of <laughs> blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> and you know what I now, you know, on the other side, Neil and I talk about this often, like, man, like we would never be, be where we are today we'll be able to relate to the people we can today. If we didn't have this story and for that, we're thankful, you know, we're always going back saying like, Kate, but God said that he will meet us and he will redeem us in those places where we feel really lost and that he's going to take back that, which the enemy has stolen from us. And he's going to bring glory to himself through it. And we pray that. And we prayed that and we prayed that we just held on to that through those really hard times, you know, as we're transitioning and trying to relearn things and really regain an understanding of God's design for our sexuality. Um, so that was like, yeah, that was my, my, my hello world to sexuality. (laughs) Okay. So the transition for myself, then going into marriage, I think, um, I think I also was a bit naive in the sense that I just expected things to, just transition. I expected there to be a smooth transition, you know? Um, yeah. Like the that's firework what... work show, everything's just totally perfect. You just yeah. smoothly walk into it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Because that's kind of what that's what been laid, laid in front of me. You know, you're saving it's yourself for marriage, yeah. you get married and now you get on with your life and you have this glorious sex life for the rest of your life and you just get to improve it all the time and it's already amazing and you just keep going and going and it's fantastic and so then I get there and it's our wedding night and you know in your honeymoon and it's kind of like okay why why is this not what I thought it was going to be and like all of a sudden I'm like googling how do I like turn myself on how do I get turned on which is like before I got married right how yeah before I was married, it was like a total non-issue. You're like trying to be like, no, no, like we don't do that until we're married. We don't do that until we're married. And suddenly the, you know, the boundaries are gone and everything's free for all. And you're like, but wait, like, <laughs> why is this still a big no in my head? And so I think it was totally to then, you know, root it back to something would be the shame of like purity culture and all that stuff. It's just like dug deep in my heart. And I didn't even know it until like a number of years, like a couple years ago, which is like bizarre. Um, but that's just kind of, that's how it was like almost six or seven years into my marriage. And I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I still in my head associate sex with like a big no, which is what it was. And then now how do I switch it from being, sex to being yes and I want this it's like a complete mindset shift Mm -hmm. and so that transition didn't happen until probably year six for me so it was like all Mm -hmm. those other years it was still fantastic intimacy with my spouse was perfect it was connecting it was you know still lovely but there was still kind of that block in my brain that it made it really difficult um 
to sum mm-hmm. it up, I guess. Oh, thank you guys for sharing. Uh, maybe we should have actually done this question first, but did you guys feel equipped for marriage as a whole before going into marriage? Um, I think I maybe thought I was equipped. And that's the thing. I honestly didn't <laughs> realize there were so many resources either. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know there was resources. I didn't read any books about intimacy before I got married. I didn't know those were, were a thing. No one gave me any books until on my wedding day. They're like, oh, here's love and respect. Or here's, you know, all these other books <laughs> that people just pass you on your wedding day. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to read that now. I'm already married. Like what, whatever, like mm-hmm. this is fine. Um, I did like premarital counseling and stuff beforehand, which was great. And it was lovely, but it was more the boundary side of things, trying to maintain the boundaries firmly before you get married and less, how am I preparing this couple for when they are married? So I don't, I thought I was equipped, but not really. Paris, what about you? Yeah, for me, I am a reader and I was just gobbling up every single thing that I could. My mom is a reader as well. And so education is just, you know, as a whole, constantly learning is very much a center of the family that I grew up in. And I love that. And so I definitely was always like, okay, let's do this study. Let's do this study and meal. And I did a lot of studies together, a lot of prayer together. Um, but it was mostly just Neil and I, there was no mentorship really. And so that's a different dynamic too. Like it's amazing to have your parents very involved, but I will say it's really good to have others involved to different leadership within a church or different group systems. Um, because there's some things that you're just like, this is kind of weird to talk to my parents about. Right. And you just (laughs) don't. And that was obviously a mindset like block, right. For me, because my parents would have been totally fine, but you're like, oh, like, you're still like, what if she just decided to spank me? Cause I did this thing, you know, like, it's like, how do you cope with being an adult, but also still being her child. Um, <laughs> yeah. So equip, like I was definitely intentionally trying to equip myself, but I missed the whole aspect of just having kind of mentorship and leadership from others. And that's something Neil and I have talked about. We're like, we definitely, if we were to go back and be like, whisper to our younger selves, get involved with other people whose marriages you love and that speak to you. And they are a beautiful example of Christ's love. And go talk to those people and ask them to mentor you. Definitely would have asked that because I think just having that real life application, like someone who's been there, done that, just hits different than a book, you know? Oh, 100%. And then what is something you wish you would have known beforehand? I, you just brought up mentorship, but is there anything else that would have been helpful knowing going into marriage or as you're preparing for a marriage? Um, I think definitely the mentorship aspect is a big one, Do you, but you know what, Alan and I constantly, you know, talk, talking to a lot of engaged couples on our own account, just behind the scenes stuff, as well as people who are newly married and they're being like, oh man, I wish I knew this. It, it all comes back to like the mentorship and just having a close knit community, people who've been there and done that, whose marriages you definitely honor and, and want to reflect that. And they're, you know, they're an icon for you to really look after and to glean from. And I think that's probably the biggest one. Hey, Alana. Yeah, I think so. And I think too, like, I don't know, just knowing how deep of a, a bit Mm -hmm. of like a root, I almost want to say that like purity culture had on me too. Like Uh I, I feel like I, I had no, we, we don't, we have no clue. 
And I think realizing that early on, I would have been able to peel back some of the layers of myself a bit sooner to know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I just really needed to figure out my mindset because, you know, like the purity ring, you have the modest is hottest, you have all this, you know, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Oh like my it's God. all there. <laughs> So, and I think it's, it's just like they drive it home. And so it yeah. it's totally, you have to like deconstruct from that to then switch and be like, no, but, no, this is beautiful. Sex is good. Yeah. So that was, yeah. I wish I would have known that. We've noticed too in ourselves and just with, with the ministry that God's brought to us in the past two years is purity culture definitely becomes an identity issue for so many people. There's so many very unbiblical world centered identities that people will take from that completely unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very, very destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really what Emma and I have been, mm-hmm. well, at least for me, I won't speak for Emma, but like this whole last year of doing this podcast and talking with people and like really trying mm-hmm. to figure out like what our view of sexuality is, what God's view of sexuality is, like how he created us as like sexual beings and like that sex is good even though we've been told it's like good only in these contexts or bad in these ones and Mm. yeah it's it's an onion Mm. to peel back (laughs) right yes 100 yeah so kind of like leaning more towards the intimacy aspect um Mm -hmm. for the episode what does intimacy look like in your marriage we were talking with i don't know if you guys know him but it's dan from get your marriage on Oh yeah, that's great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, love him. He was doing an episode with yeah. us on like intimate sex. Um, mm-hmm. but, like I think like even just outside of sex, what does intimacy look like in your marriage? Mm-hmm. I love this question. This is a good question because there's such a void in this exact discussion. When do you hear this in believing circles? When do you hear this, you know, in church? When do you hear this yeah. in Bible studies? Like it's not discussed very often at all yet. How, how integral is this for marriage? Like this is very much a foundation. Um, I mean, when, when you look at the scriptures and God is expressing his love for us, it's so intimate. Like, he's like, I know you, I knew you before you were born. I knew you when I was fashioning you in the womb. Like he goes into such great detail to be like, I know you, you are fully known by me in every aspect and nothing that you can do will ever determine that I'm going to love you less mm-hmm. ever, you know? And so like, you see that picture of Christ and how in- intentionally intimate he is with us. And then, you know, obviously him as our role model and we're looking after him when, and we're reflecting his character in our own lives. And you're like, how do you switch that back to your own marriage? You know? And so often it's, it's way more simple, I think, than a lot of people will chalk it up to be, you know, and, and they'll just get so caught up in the details. And I think the basic principle of intimacy is that you're completely committed to this person, but even more to this person than you're married to, you're committed to Christ and you're going to honor that person to the day you die because you love Christ so much and you'll live that fully for him. Right. And so it just mm. goes so much more than so much more than human nature you know? And so when you think of it in that way and you apply that to the emotional, to the mental, to the physical, the spiritual, to the sexual, like, it's almost like it's not an earthly thing because you are pouring out of a place in yourself that is filled with the Holy spirit. You know, it's so far beyond us. 
And so humanly speaking, how do we, how do we encapture that, you know, in words, how do we, how do we really talk about that? Because it's a God thing really when it comes down to it. And I, I, I really love that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like, I know I heard someone say it before, you know, intimacy, you know, it's like into me, you see, right. And so you're Mm -hmm. thinking about it as like, you're fully known and you're fully loved. And I think it really develops as your marriage grows and thinking about like thinking back to when I was first married and you're thinking about the intimate life, um, completely different than where I am now, right? If you were to ask me that question then versus now, the answer would probably be extremely different, right? So like, what does intimacy look like? It looks like showing up. It looks like serving your spouse. It looks like Mm -hmm. communicating when it's hard and you don't want to. Um, Laying your crap on the table and being like, this is what I feel like. You know, this is how what you said made me feel. Or this is, you know, um, this is where my drive is at these days. Like, how can we adjust to meet your needs or my needs? You know, and I think just really laying the table open and Mm -hmm. having those clear, like, lines of communication, which going into my marriage, like I was really sucky at that at the beginning. Like if I was upset, I washed dishes in like silence and I was like scrubbing my dishes and like, that was like, Jeff knew like, like something's off. Alana's washing the dishes. <laughs> but like, and that's how I coped with it. That's how I knew. No one told me like, no, you can just have these conversations in an honest space. Cause I was always a people pleaser. Like I didn't want to do that. And so then going to reflect to now when it's like, okay, no, like let's talk about our sex life right now. Like where, where is it at? Like, how are you feeling? Do you feel connected to me? And I think a lot of it too boils down to emotional intimacy. How are you feeding into each other throughout the day? What does it look like in the hours, like the daylight hours, right? Where you're like building towards those like spicy nighttime hours, but like, (laughs) um, well hours, I don't know if you can say hours, but anyways, (laughs) you know, but like, how does it look like in the daytime, right? Like when you're really trying to pour into each other, when you're running on an empty cup, but you still want to show your spouse that you care and you love them, right? So I think yeah. it's just, it's really both giving 100%, both serving Absolutely. each other out of love, right? Yeah. Yeah. And on that note too, I think the idea that love is somehow transactional is so damaging as well. Like it should be transactional. Like you, there's such a trust and vulnerability aspect that needs to go hand in hand to build intimacy. If there is broken trust or if there is not a safe space to feel the, the ability to be completely vulnerable with your spouse, there's not going to be intimacy on any level. Yeah. So those three, things really do go hand in hand. Um, just an outpouring of love upon love upon love. Right. But it has to be two ways. It has to be two ways. Always. I like that you brought up having like how you went from like washing to the, sh- the dishes, to then having like those hard conversations. How, how did you like actually make that change and like approach having like difficult conversations or having conversations when you were like upset about something? I think I just had to realize that it was okay for my husband to not agree with me. Um, Pardon me, because I think just my personality, like I hate confrontation. I always have, like I just despise it. And so if it was easier for me to be like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, mm mm-hmm, then to be like, well, actually, no, like I didn't actually like that. Or, you know, let's try this instead. Or this made me feel like this. Or when you said that, it hurt my feelings. To me, 
it was easier to just shove that off. But then it was like, I was just like, you know, like Jenga. I was just putting one more on top of the other until it was like Mm -hmm. too late. And then I blew up. And then it was like, I'm bringing up things for like three weeks ago. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, how did this happen? And so I think it it really took probably a lot of um, Holy Spirit's work in me, Mm -hmm. like actually just maturing because I also got married quite young too. Um, And so just like growing and being having those conversations when they come up um sooner like when I was upset then I would bring it up versus it getting long and I remember at one point even Jeff and I had like a signal with each other it's like if he would say something when we're like around people and it hurt my feelings like it was like it was too far or he said something that made me feel like crap like crummy I would like bite my pinky or uh, like my thumb or something like that. So he knew like what he just said, actually, like, we're going to talk about this later. Cause like, <laughs> it's actually like, it hurt my feelings. And so I think it took like baby steps of that mm-hmm. to then it being easier to have the conversations. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I also, that this might be a personal question. You guys can totally not answer this if you don't want to, but did you see like, or I actually, let me figure out how to phrase this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did your parents, like marriage and how you saw marriage, like growing up affect like how you went into marriage, if that makes sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, Very much for both me and my husband. And it was quite incredible, actually, once we merged into one, once we were, you know, married It's like, whoa, you know, you start having these conversations or you start realizing these character traits that were definitely kind of a passing down from just doing what your parents did, right? And both of us came from first-generation believer homes. So my parents became believers when I was about four. Neil's when he was gosh, probably 12, 13 or 14. And so it was very fresh and very new. And so there was so much change in our parents' lives too, you know, the before and after, the before and after. And it was quite interesting for us to like really just decompress that and be like, hey, I act that way because this is how my parents have acted. Or I think this way because I've seen this reflected in my parents. And it's definitely a conversation I think every married couple should really have. Goodness, like even before marriage, you know, like really sit down with the person that you're engaged to and be like, what do you think about your your parents' marriage relationship? How do they deal with conflict? How do they deal with being affectionate with each other? You know, that kind of stuff. My parents were always openly affectionate and verbally um, just generous to each other. And they really modeled a beautiful marriage to me. And so I was very, very blessed. Like I just freaking love my parents. And I love that Neil came from a very different family. And so then merging the two of it was crazy. When he met my parents, he's like, people live like this. <laughs> you know, like it's just very different. You know, like my family was super tight knit and his was very different. And so it absolutely affected things a lot. He took a lot more of, okay, this is how I'm going to be as a husband from Christ and from the Bible than anything else, which was really, really special to me. Yeah. And I think like for myself, so I definitely have always looked up to my parents and I don't know if I ever really had a point where I was like, 
I want their marriage. Like, I, I love them to bits and I they have a great marriage, <laughs> but I don't know if I was ever like, yeah. And I think it's maybe because my husband, my, my husband, my dad isn't a believer. And so like they met, my they, my parents both weren't. And then my mom um, became a Christian later on in her life and whatnot. And so it's just always been a little bit different in that sense <laughs> that I've never really had a like, a, like a Christian marriage where it's like, um, like I didn't know what to like, to expect from Jeff in that way because I hadn't really seen it modeled yeah. in my home. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. like the husband would pray before dinner or things like that. There just weren't things that I was used to. And so um, another thing I think was just they're not – there wasn't ever really – if my parents had an issue with one another, I wouldn't ever know it. And I feel like it almost would have been helpful mm-hmm. to like see them – have like conversations mm-hmm. around me I don't know maybe they had them and I just didn't even notice yeah. like I don't know if I just didn't pay enough attention but I feel like it was always you didn't really know if anything was if things were just always flat line you know it's not things aren't like woohoo and things were like no this is awful it was just like we're good yeah. we're always good and so um I don't know maybe to have some of that stuff modeled for me would have been helpful um yeah but that was a good question yeah mm-hmm my little brother just came to visit. And so we spent the whole week like talking, you know, we were like talking about like dating relationships and all this stuff and how we started to realize how much like our parents we were when we were in relationships and we were like, oh my word. And so both of us were like, how do we, how do we stop this? <laughs> so- uh, yeah, no, it's totally valid. And you kind right. of answered this earlier, but if you, either of you want to expand on this, how did purity culture affect your views of sexuality or even yourself? Oh, big time. (laughs) So, so deeply for both of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, everything from like Alana, she just explained like the whole boundaries thing is sex is off the table, but then as soon as you're married, it's like a smorgasbord. It's just, that doesn't even make sense. Like physiologically, mentally, how are you supposed to just, transition into that smoothly right like it just it, it doesn't exist but that was what was modeled for us you know in the whole purity culture movement and what was expected like there is a lot of pressure around that movement and I'm going to be very forthright with that is really heartbreaking you know and there's a lot of emphasis on men are sex hungry animals so there's yeah. so much discrimination around men there is nothing spoken about you know, them being gentlemen and honoring their wife and loving her. And she can say no. And that there is sexual quality within the marriage. You know, there, there has to be that. And then the flip side is like, if you're a woman, you're walking temptation. Like, so just walk yourself in a closet, you know, right. it's just, how do you, how do you ever come out of that normal? No one <laughs> <laughs> right? Like there's so much, and then you're supposed to connect with yourself sexually and you're told everything about it is bad. It's taboo. You like, it's dirty. It's like, no, no, no. Like, and you're born sexual. Like that should be such a normal part of growing up in like healthy cultured ways, biblically, but my goodness, like our generation that didn't exist for sure. Yeah. And I think too, for myself, like, um, I think it would have been helpful going into marriage. Yeah. If purity culture wasn't a thing, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> if 
think I was just gone. That would have been really helpful, I think. <laughs> but uh, even in the sense that, like, years into my marriage, and it's like, okay, um, you know, okay, so backtrack. So before I got married, I had a, a beautiful friend, kind of like a mentor thing, but it wasn't really. It was just an older friend that was married. We had met with them, and her and I were visiting, and she's like, oh, no, like, I haven't as ever have had an orgasm. Like, some women just don't have them, and I just, that's my lot in life, and I won't have them. And so I was like, oh, okay. So then I get married, and then I don't have it. I was like, oh, I'm not having an orgasm every time I have sex. Man, this must just be my lot in life. Like, this is just, like, what she had, right? Like, some women just don't. And, and then years into my marriage, then I'm having a conversation with some other friends, and they're like, oh, yeah, like... I'm trying to like, we're working on like multiple orgasms and things like that. And I was like, hold up, wait a second. Like I could have been like doing something about this this whole time. Like I just assumed this is my lot. Like this is how it goes. Like you just, either you do or you don't. Mm -hmm. And so then I think because of purity culture to then lean back to that, to then to think of having the, the green light to explore my body, to know what feels good as a married woman was like, why would I do that? Like that's, I don't touch myself down there. I don't explore myself down there because yeah. it was just so ingrained that, you know, you know, this is a big no, 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 no. There's a big cross line. <laughs> don't touch yeah, down there. Don't look down, whatever. You're wearing iron panties and your husband totally. gets the key like this. <laughs> totally. And so then, and so then when I was married and then I kind of realized this, I had this realization and then that was kind of like the, Woo, the box flew open and I was like able to go through all this junk that was sitting in me and I didn't even know it. And so then that led to so much other freedom then just peeling all, like we said, the onion, peeling that all back. And um, yeah, so that darn purity culture did a number. But that's the good thing. God is restorative. He will restore the years the locusts have stolen from us. And I think... It's, it's a beautiful thing to then now be standing and be like, oh yeah, like let's work on multiple orgasms because it's like one of those things where we were here and now we're here and it's just a beautiful thing to then think, okay, well, what about seven, eight, nine years down the road? Like, how is that going to look? And it's so exciting. So exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So great. Thank you guys for sharing that. Okay. Sorry. I just really like that. Um, Yeah. Sorry, I just totally forgot where I was going. It's okay. I got it, Lydia. Thank I you. Can say Emma. the last thing. <laughs> she's been pausing me, I know, because I have COVID and she's like, Emma, you're not mentally all here. <laughs> but, anyways, um, something we like to ask all of our guests um, before we close the episode is if you have any resources or um, material you want to share with our listeners and your listeners um, kind of around this topic. Well, Alana, we could, I mean, we kind of broke the news, but we might as well just share it all here. <laughs> we are creating a very comprehensive guide yeah. on the full honeymoon <laughs> night and literally all your questions answered everything from the things everyone's scared to talk about, like penis sizes and what is arousal? What parts of my body get sexually aroused to, can you have period sex to shaving to condoms, like everything to positions mm-hmm. and then more sexual technique. So we are just doing a very comprehensive guide on that. And that should, we are really crossing our fingers, hoping to release that at the end of this month yet. So just keep an wow. eye out on the resources. 
On side of that, we do have some pretty epic just ebooks that we've put together on our site, um, just really reclaiming God's design for sexuality. We have a beautiful prayer book. We have an intimate date night book that covers all things intimacy. So not just sex. There's obviously sex included in there, but also prioritizing spirituality together within your marriage, emotional connection, uh, and so on and so forth. Yes. And then yeah, how can pretty- people find you guys? <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. you can follow us on Instagram, at, um, Kingdom Sexuality. And then we have a website as well, kingdomsexualityministry.com. And so that's about where we are. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty but, easy. But, Those are the places you can find us. <laughs> what platforms, Alana, do we all have for listening to our podcast? Oh, yeah. All of them. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> I think we're on all of them. So yeah, you can just search Kingdom Sexuality and you'll find us Spotify, Apple, Google, right. etc. We should be there. Well, thank you so much for coming on the episode. And as always, if anyone has any questions, comments, or concerns, you can either DM us at theholyship.podcast or email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. Um, have a great week. <laughs>